Summer is almost here. Don't you want to go to the beach with thicker, gorgeous, beautiful locks and everyone goes, hey, I love your hair. And you go, Nutrafol, baby. (laughs) You know, something along that lines. Well, take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering my listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and you enter the promo code TSFS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. I recommend it. I've been taking Nutrafol for years. It's how I got my hair back thicker and not falling out in chunks after I had KJ. Now it's your turn. Nutrafol has been on with me for years, and that's because you all continue to buy, and it really works. I love it. Now it's your turn to love it too. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code TSFS. That's Nutrafol.com with the promo code TSFS. Via Hemp, let's talk about it. Via Hemp offers THC and non-TH craft cannabis experiences. Now, I love a non-THC option when it comes to your overall wellness. I'm talking sleep aid, maybe anxiety if you have that. Well, that's where Via comes into play. And did you know even a non-THC option if you're doing fertility or IVF can be helpful? Look into that. Well, Via is incredible. You got to be 21 plus. You can get 15% off with my exclusive code TSFS when you go to ViaHemp, V-I-I-A, hemp.com. They have all kinds of lifestyle products. And like I said, the best part is with the THC or without, so you don't have the buzzy buzzy. Don't you love my cannabis lingo? I mean, the buzzy buzzy. Anyway, I'm unique. What can I I say, look, order now. You're going to love Via Hemp. Use the code TSFS to receive 15% off and a one-time free sample of their award-winning gummies, 21 plus. That's viahemp.com and use the code TSFS at checkout. Support the show. Tell them I sent you and enhance your everyday life with Via Hemp. You guys have been talking about my new skincare routine. I absolutely love BioClarity. Have you heard about it? I have great, clean skin, and it's green, gentle skincare. The line helps me naturally glow, and I love that. Plus, it's 100% vegan and cruelty-free, and it has a new ingredient called Floralux, made from chlorophyll. And I love that because chlorophyll is all the good, juicy ingredients in green plants that gives them life and helps them grow and replenishes and rejuvenates and moisturizes. So now, boom, you can have it for your skin. They also have two different skin routines. The clear skin routine, that's more if you're oily or you're prone to breakouts. And then the essentials routine, which is what I use for normal or dry skin. And it's a three-step process. Plus, they have amazing other products online too. Bioclarity.com is the website. My listeners get their first month of 50% off a routine. Plus, shipping is free. And it comes with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee. But you need to enter code FRAGE. F-R-A-S-E, code FRAGE. That's bioclarity.com and enter my code FRAGE. In three, two, one. Yes! How are my arms? Not flabby. Are you sure? Not shabby. You're just saying that to be nice. (laughs) They're looking fat. Not flabby, not shabby. Very tone and taut. Every day she'll make you say, oh Oh my my God. God. She got the scoop. On pop culture news. Oh my God. Hi, crew friends. Hi, Phrasiacs. Hi, everybody. We're back live from Podcast Village. It is Monday, August. I don't know. What is it? 13th? I've been on vacation. I'm still in vacay mode. I have vacay brain. Uh, I was up in Maine visiting my family all last week post our live podcast show. So we have so much to get to on the show. 
We've got to talk about our live stand-up uh, slash podcast show. I guess it was more of a stand-up show, wouldn't you say, AJ? We, it, it definitely was most of the stand-up show. That's oh all we did most of the time. It was. We really were standing up most yeah. of the time. Producer AJ is here. We have a full house, by the way, in studio here at Podcast Village. Luis is here, who I have to introduce to you guys. Luis was actually our producer on Sarah Ty and Mel at 107.3. He's here today. Rofo, uh, who is Rob Ford, who is the master of audio. This man could make a dog sound coherent. I'm pretty I mean, sure. he really could, honestly. He can take shit and just mold it into <laughs> classical music. This guy is the guy. Like, if you have vocal fry, he can totally change your voice. You sound, yeah. And I sounded like this until Rofo made me sound like this. Hot and seductive. <laughs> anyway, he's in studio. Leslie, of course, is here, our digital content creator, and she's creating magic, by the way, with these cameras. So we all look hot. Um, AJ, I missed you so much. I love you so much. I definitely have a lesbian crush on you. I think about you all the time. I know this upsets Leslie because she always Leslie's always like, Why do you think about me last? And I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. I'm sorry. I just can't help that. Did you dream about me on your vacation this I week? I did not. I did not. Okay. I, all right. uh, I had all kinds of you know, I, I we looked at wedding venues, so I was oh. having Yeah, I was having dreams that I was late to my own wedding. I don't know what that says. Um, Okay, finally, we need to talk about the venues. Oh, my God. AJ, I want to know. Okay, seriously, I want to know from you guys how much is too much on your wedding. We are live, by the way, on Facebook. I got a ton of commercials, too. I got to get to. And and we have an incredible guest. I'm so excited about this. You've heard of Dog Whispers, Horse Whisperer. That was some movie with Robert Redford where he, like, spoke to the horse (laughs) and it stopped galloping or whatever should have did. So, anyway, this guy, Stephen Kyle, I am obsessed with. 20 years in the intelligence community, okay? He has written a book. It's called The Human Whisperer, and it's all about the power of persuasion and influence, and he literally says that even if you are an introvert, okay, so even if you are not into people, you can master these skills and then influence people in your workplace, in sales, in marketing, in podcasting. Basically, we have thousands of listeners now, but when we end this, we're going to be over 20,000. I'm so excited. You were the one that's saying this is super good for sales. You know what I mean? Because we're always looking for sales. You are already such a big ball. influencer. You, you're not the ones that need help. It's the people that are more no, introverted and quiet that I, want influence. No, I need to influence on a bigger stage. Like, I love oh. what I'm doing. I'm very grateful. But right. I think to myself, how is Kevin Hart getting ahead of me? Okay. The guy is a troll. I could be just as funny. He's not nice. He's not nice. He's a little dictator. And I think to myself, I need to be there. How, who right. do I have to influence? Or sleep with is the right question. Or sleep with, yeah, absolutely. I'm not, yeah, I'm pleased. The older I get, the looser my vag is. It's like, oh, come on in. Everyone gets a turn. God. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, your parents. Do you talk in. to your niece about this? No, I don't. No, oh my god, nice. my niece is twelve. She was in Maine. She was so. Oh my gosh, we had such a great time. Although she is a little, she is twelve, going on twenty-two, which I'm not a parent yet, so I don't know. Are the kids these days? AJ is bringing up a picture, by the way, on Facebook. We're live every Monday. Every Monday we're on time, twelve thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's nine thirty a.m. for our West Coast fans, Pacific Standard Time. Uh, Monday and Wednesdays on my Facebook page, which is Sarah Fraser Pages. Um, AJ's bringing up a picture right now of my niece. Okay, my niece She's is there. So cute. She is such a pistol. Let me tell you, this girl, Kimber is like a wild woman. And How you want to decide on the name? Well, my dad, it's after my father. So my father's name was Kimball. He passed away oh. when I was in high school. So they named her Kimber. But I love that. That's a really good story. Yeah, that's so, great. And she is just like a wild woman. I mean, I love her natural hair. She's so, she's a fire flame. She's she is really a fire cute. flame. We went up to Bar Harbor to Acadia National Car- yes. Park. She spit out her gum into the park. Dan was like having a shit fit. He's like, Kimber! 
He's like, you are supposed to leave this national park with nothing. Only what you walked in with. What are and you she doing? She spits her gum no, out she like, oh. is like, like <laughs> She is so funny. She is totally. You probably were egging her on. Like, yeah, good job, Kimber. And Dan's over there oh having a fit. Oh, Dan had a meltdown. Oh, it was so much fun. And she is really in a singing stage where all she does is musically all the time. So she always wants to sing us a song. This is my entire family at Bar Harbor, by the way. Um, and she always wants to sing you a song, which is lovely. But after the third or fourth time, she sings Ella May's song, Naked, and she prefaces it. She goes, guys, this isn't about getting naked. It's about no tattoos and understanding yourself. And then she goes, I want to be naked. And we're like, uh, this is- Did she put the song on on the back? No. Oh, she just straight up no, just sings no. a solo. No. And my okay. mom is really the only one that tunes in. Everyone else is like, oh, my God. Also, Can your she- mom is the the cutest oh my woman. My mom is a riot. You cannot take her anywhere. She all she wants to do I, now is drink wine. She just like we just okay, drink so wine. So she's you. <laughs> she's completely. You're already your mom. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. She's completely me. By three thirty, she's like, all right. When I'm getting home, I'm ready for wine. I'm ready for wine. I'm ready for wine. Uh, My brother was there. We had the best time in Maine. It was such a great trip. We looked at wedding venues, and I am so torn. I want to know, if you're on Facebook right now, tell me this. If you can, will you disclose how much you spent on your wedding? Because we went... We we have two choices, okay? We can do this very affordably. For like $10,000 or less, we're going to keep it just a really simple, very simple, and we're just going to have a lobster bake, casual lobster bake, okay? In Booth Bay Harbor, there's this boat that takes you out. Like, I can do the whole thing, like have a guy just strumming a guitar and the whole thing for like $12,000. And then maybe just like you have to pay for like photographer, but there's no band, there's no DJ. Everyone just comes. DJ? Do you think that's a bad idea? There's no open bar and no DJ. Why are you even having a wedding? People are like, wait, wedding venues? Stephanie, yeah, she's, Sarah <laughs> Fraser is getting married. She finally convinced Dan. Does anybody pop the question? Did you even I ask even him? Know. Uh, no, I've told him. We're going to France next year. I said, you're proposing. You're getting the ring from Mervis. I'm picking it out this winter. You're Got proposing it. in France. Okay. And then we're Not getting controlling married at all. Perfect. two months later. I've had it. Okay. Okay. We're going on six years. All right. Yes. My eggs are shriveling up. They're the tiniest little They're prune like things. I mean, yeah. Lord knows if they can even take a sperm. Have you gotten them checked recently? Since no, last... it's been a couple of years. It's been oh, a couple okay. of years. Oh, I don't even know if I can have oh a kid. My God. I know. Here we I, are making plans over here. We I'm don't even know. I'm such a late bloomer in life. So I didn't even have my period until I was like 17. All right. TMI. <laughs> oh, my God. Man. <laughs> That's why I think I started so late menstruating yes. that I probably have a few extra years. That's Built why in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that makes complete now, sense. I've told him this is it. I need a ring and a commitment. Otherwise, I'm going out. I'm getting pregnant by a rando. I don't care. I'm having a kid. <laughs> I have. You go back and forth on this every day, though. So tomorrow she's going to be like, all right, I'm not having kids. I hate kids. Your whole stand-up set was about how you hate kids. I do hate children. I don't <laughs> I don't like other people's kids. I don't. I really don't. Oh, other, other people's children. Yeah. Okay. I find them obnoxious. Clarification. And everybody thinks that their kid is a, is a sports star. Savant. Everybody thinks that they're a savant. And these kids are just fucking losers like everybody else. I can tell you right now, they're not. it's never going to work out. So when but my parents always... told me that I'm an amazing child and I'm pretty, my mom always said, you're so beautiful. You are gorgeous. No, but my mom, she, I would come home and I would say, I'm, I'm, I'm like a chubby Mexican. And then she would be like, no, you're so beautiful. You it's are. She's my mom, though. I realize this now. No, I tell you you're hot all the time and I get in trouble. People are like, you're creepy. And you should be talking about her intelligence. Okay, right, right, fine. Right. She's right. super smart. She's no, great no, with audio. Back to Dan. Back to Dan. 
Thank so you. So I have told him, like, we're doing this. Which, yes. So he seems so far on board, right? Right. But so we go to, we, we get this estimate on the lobster bake. Like, do you think that would be nice, like, for everyone? I do love that coming. idea. I Everybody, do love that. I'm surprised I'm even getting an invite. I thought this was super oh. small, immediate family friends only. Oh, we're podcasting live and I'm getting a sponsor. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you kidding? We are 100%. Oh, you know the knot.com is sponsoring. We're going to do a live wedding podcast, the first one ever. The sponsor can pay for the whole entire thing. Uh, by the way, people Love are telling that. me $10,000, $4,000. I said to get on Facebook, tell me how much you spend. My husband and I got married for six grand. That seems good total. Wow, that's we really good. only had 15 people at our wedding, parents, siblings, okay. offering. So only 15. <sighs> that's small. I'm at, I think I'm at 130 that I want to invite. <laughs> Sarah. I know. See, this is the thing, okay? okay? That's a lot of people. It's going to cost a little bit more than $6,000. You have so, to think about the, the invites, the stamps, the, you have to like get your, are you going to get a wedding planner? You. I was thinking about you. What, could uh, I? <laughs> my resume never said party planner, although I would totally love it. I'd be into it. 100% I'd be into it. I was thinking of giving you like at $2,500 and you can plan oh, the whole thing. Okay, that's six months salary. That's, that sounds amazing. And I'll make it for like a weekend? Yes. Oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. So anyway, we do the whole lobster bake thing and I can have 170 people for 12 grand. Like I could do the whole, I could feed everybody. They get a boat ride wow. out on the coast of Maine. Okay, that's really whole good. Thing. Yeah. Whole thing. Whole kit and caboodle for 12000 What are you going to spend on your dress? I don't know. What do you think? I have a, a cousin who said that I could use her dress, oh. but she's been divorced. And then Dan thought that could be bad luck. I was like, who cares? Who believes in Leslie's, that Leslie Leslie says into that. she yeah. is yet yeah. nodding yes, yes. bad Leslie luck. Leslie would believe it's bad luck. Yes, I know. Bad luck. Mm -hmm. I know. I'm like, it's not bad luck. Who cares? We only have 50-50 shot anyhow. And I, I pretend every day I'm leaving him. So then when it works <laughs> yes. out, I'm like, oh, I've surprised myself. We're still together. I'm like, yeah. shit, I'm doing yeah, a good don't job. Don't spend too much money on this wedding. We don't know how it's going to turn out. That's what so, I think, too. I was on the Michael Mara yeah. show this morning, and Michael Mara show, they have a podcast called TMOS. Yes. And he was like, uh, yeah, he's like, you should definitely, you know, he's like, you've deserved it. You've waited a long time. Like, right. For your first wedding, why not? Go all out. Like, how, how many weddings? Wedding? How, yeah, well, how many are you planning here? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, thanks a oh lot, my Mike. God, right. But so then we go to this farm called Beach Hill Farm in okay. Pittston, Maine. I almost don't want to tell people because it is like this hidden gem and it looks like oh. a Martha Stewart. I'm not kidding you. Google oh. Beach Hill Farm. It okay. is insane. All right. So then I go there. I drive up. I'm like, oh my God. My mom and I are like, this is the spot. It's amazing. There's this beautiful house that you rent that fits 12 to 16 people. So you and Leslie, Leslie doesn't know this yet, but she's going to shoot. She's going to digitally content create the entire wedding. She's going to be my shooter and editor. So amazing. like everybody could stay there. Okay, it's Beach Hill Farm in Pittston, Maine. So then they go, okay, sure, yeah, we're available. And it's 12500 just to rent the venue, okay? Just to, oh, click on this. But I feel like I see myself getting married here. And then I'm like, oh my God, 12500 just for the venue. Then I'm thinking if I'm going to have 130, the food is going to be another 17000 probably. Then my wedding dress, the photographer, because we've got to fly Joff up. I'm getting out of control. I mean, I, is a oh, is a wedding worth like $35,000? Is it really worth it? And I mean, look, I don't have any money. My mom like is not giving me like she could maybe give me like five grand. Right. I mean, it's different for everybody because some people are some women are like, this is my biggest day of my life and I'm going to spend the most money. You know, when you see those bridal shows and they're like, what's your um limit for the dress? There is no limit. <laughs> and you're like. All right. That's because they're ha they have a bunch of money. They have See, like parents' money. That's what I was thinking. That's where I could use my cousin's wedding dress free. Right. right. 
I right. could have Rob Spiewak from Podcast Village Be and the, the Mike O'Mara show DJ. Yeah, that, there we yes, go. He's in. He's in. He's perfect. Perfect. You could plan it. So I'm like, oh, I could save on these expenses and then right. I could rent the $12,000 barn. That is true. <laughs> You cut the cut the cost where you can. So if you really are falling in love with this venue, which all I'm seeing is a bunch of old barns here, so I don't know what the hell you're talking about. That's it. That's it. That's that's yeah. Can you click on the inside? It's like amazing. It looks like an unfurnished basement barn. I don't know what. We're oh well, okay, great. She thinks it's a dump. Okay, good. Well, there you go. There's it, one vote dump. I'm trying I to. Okay, yeah, let's see. I just I think to myself, is it worth thirty five thousand dollars? Is it worth that? Like so much money. You guys so can be so much you, money. We you could, could buy focus a on your house. Right. I know. I mean, uh, weddings are so so expensive. Now that my brother's planning one, I just realized how expensive they <sighs> are. Like they, well, every little thing costs money. I would love for you guys to weigh in. Is it worth it? Because the the thing that you realize when you start wedding planning is you get completely caught up in like the magic of the day, and then of course they're like, oh well, it is the one chance that your family and friends all come together and celebrate you guys. And I'm like, okay. That sounds like it's worth thirty five thousand dollars. I know. And then I'm like, oh, it's so much money to part with. Anyway, I would love your I would love your thoughts. You can definitely weigh in, by the way, on the Facebook page. Um, AJ, we have a couple of other stories I wanted to talk to you about, and then we'll get Stephen Kyle in here. I am so excited about having him on because I'm all about it. I did think of you also on vacation, not that I had dreams about you, but <laughs> I got into my mom's shower and there was someone's razor there. I don't know if it was my niece Kimber or my mom's, and I started right. shaving my legs with it. And I thought, hey, you know what? Now I know how AJ feels because you will use random people's razors. 100%. You know, I use people's shampoos. I use their per- perfume. You know, it's time to like diva yourself up in there. You just use everything you want. You're their guest. I did. I used And don't all tell them it. you're doing it, though. I didn't. I didn't tell anybody oh. that I used their Do shaver. you feel any remorse? No. You're I like, don't. this is great. I don't even know if my mom shaves her legs anymore. I think. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so it's definitely Kimber's? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. She's like 12 going on 24. She's like always like shaving her legs. and her arm. I'm like, aren't you 12? Think, like, yeah, why I didn't even you... think I shaved until like maybe high school. And I oh. was a hairy kid. So that was a problem. Oh, yeah, right. I was also a late bloomer. I never knew how to do anything. I know. Did you have to shave your arms? You seem like a... Oh, my 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 one friend would shave her arms, and my my mom luckily stopped me. I was about, but I don't really have two hairy arms. Yeah, you don't. That's impressive <laughs> for being a <laughs> for being I a know, Mexican. I like a Mexican woman, yeah, right, you right. have that really thick, dark arm hair. That's yes. always a bummer. It's always yeah. a bummer. You're like a naked mole rat. I always say this. You and Dan are going to have a literally naked mole rat child because I'm you scared. never have, you don't have any hair. I know it's going to come out hairless. Looks going to look weird. I just hope it has eyebrows because it always looks funny when they don't have any eyebrows. Well, You're like, Ugh. Dan's a redhead, right? He is kind of a ginger guy. He hates yes. when I say that. And I'm like, why? I, I think gingers are so hot. Yeah, I know. I don't know why. Who you guys know I have a major crush on a big redhead. I know. So anyway, so uh, I did think of you on that. Good, good. I'm glad. I, I hope you use your perfume. I hope you were using face wash. I did. Like all of yes. my mom does have a ton of like um, skincare products. And yeah. I go makeup free now for my my vacations because it did look very natural in all the pictures I saw. Good I, for you. It was so nice because I spend yeah. so much time here. Like every day I have to put my face on and, right. you know, blah, blah, blah. And so when I'm on vacation, I just don't wear any makeup and it feels so good. Yeah. Now, you're gorgeous without makeup. By the way, you are gorgeous. Mm, it's getting rougher. The older you get, like the more you're like, oh, okay, I see why people definitely oh, do yeah. the Botox. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to fill myself. I don't care. Give me Botox, the fillers. Give me the fillers. Absolutely. I'm completely going to look like Joan Rivers. It's going to be just a mess when it's like no makeup on. People are going to be like, But I love Joan Rivers. Oh! It was such a good look for her. I don't know. I thought everyone thought she looked like a clown, but I thought she looked great. 
I agree. No. Um, look, I've been getting tons of emails while you guys were gone. People really loved the live show. What did you think, by the way? You did a stand-up set. I was so proud of you because you were very Thank nervous. You. Thank you. You did a great job. Well, you guys made me more nervous because before we go on stage, oh. she's like, oh, Andrea, AJ's the ner- most nervous. And I was like, oh, f- thanks a lot. I'm going to drop the mic right now. So I, I walk out. Everybody's thinking I'm going to be like shaking. and But I held it together. But I don't know a damn thing that was happening while I was on stage. I know. Me too. I blacked I out. I started talking. I did my whole thing. I had no crowd engagement. You were really good about that. I just went. Everything went out the window. I was like, all right, my set is this. I'm going to say what I remember. And that's it. And then I did it. And then it was over. And then I, I was, was like, I was very nervous, too. I tried to tell a joke about going viral, which then people in the audience were like, why are you bringing why it up? Why are you bringing that up? I was like, oh, I know, my God. It's that. fucking comedy. And then people were like, it didn't work. I was like, thanks. Thanks. Like, I love how people are so fucking literal when you're doing stand up. They're right. just it's like, like, aren't so... you here for comedy? Yeah. I'm like, uh, it's a comedy show. Yeah. They're like, don't rehash it. <laughs> like, it's comedy. It's comedy. My anyway, best part. And then exactly Danny work. and Paul went over like 20 minutes. So we had like three minutes on set and they were very funny, but we were given five minutes specifically. So don't go up there and, and have a 20 minute set and make us look bad. I did get an email, though, about somebody that was like, yeah, Paul talks like, like, Paul just brings up everything that you've ever done. And now it just sounds petty. I'm like, I know. I got it. And he's not on the show this week, by the way. So he's in Rome. If you guys lucky, he's follow lucky. him, Paul Wharton style or Paul Wharton on uh, Instagram and Twitter. So he's in Rome. So I can't like shit on him until he gets back. But oh, you know, like, his whole was, his, his, his whole set was like about how I like he comes on the show and like I don't give him any credit. I'm like, dude, come on. I know. And then my whole set was just basically shitting on Paul. So oh, that was really it worked funny. out. It worked out. Yeah, it was. I, I had I, I, I was living in that moment. Everything <laughs> felt right in the world. I was shitting on Paul and everybody was laughing at it. So. so good. Uh, well, look, people did. They liked the live show. Thank you for coming. Um, look, everybody asks. I we go back and forth about posting the live shows. As audio, and here's the thing: I've made a decision. So this live show, I don't think that they we really got good audio. So if you even wanted the audio, there is uh, even no option because no audio was recorded. I don't think there was. Wait, how did that happen? I don't know. I, I think because whatever, there were so many things going on. I think we just didn't have good audio. So anyhow, um, but in the future, we're gonna do. You can pay like ninety nine cents and get the show. I mean, maybe five dollars, but okay. Okay, five ninety nine. Yeah, it's going up. It's a work in progress. Ninety nine dollars. What are we worth? I know you're right. I, okay, yeah. I, edit, edit. <laughs> Can we go back and edit? Uh, look, I've got to thank a couple of sponsors. Jessica Claros is one of them. If you are in the market for insurance, home insurance, life insurance, she is the woman for you. She is certified insurance with Farmers Insurance in Maryland, in Silver Spring, Maryland. Go see her. She covers everything. Uh, she had a client from the Hayfresh podcast, so be sure when you get your life insurance auto renters insurance you don't have to be getting life or short term and long term uh, be sure to tell her that hey fresh podcast sent you she had her first client getting a life insurance policy it's so important i just got one for myself if you have kids if you're going to have kids everybody should have one um she's in silver spring as i mentioned and her number is 301-273-1133 so be sure to contact jessica claros from our live podcast show we had some amazing sponsors and we have to thank them dr mary alexandra is or Alexander, excuse me, is a periodontist and co-owner of Total Dental Care of Maryland, a one-stop shop in dental services. They accommodate children and adults for anything from routine dental to orthodontics and cosmetic dentistry. She was so cool. If you were at the live show, she was on stage. You can go to TotalDentalCareMD.com. They're on Seneca Meadows Parkway in Germantown, and their telephone number is 240 813 91 
one one. So make your appointment. And a big thanks to Dr. Mintz. Uh, Dr. Mintz was our medical marijuana guy. He's like so awesome. He was at the live show. You can go to drmintz.com. He's right in Bethesda, Maryland. And he's also really cool because he was telling us, in addition to concierge medical practice, I never really heard of concierge medical. Did you till we met him? Like you basically pay like a monthly fee or like a one lump sum for the year. And then you can call him at any time. Like you don't even I didn't, even, to, I didn't even know that was an option. Like we amazing? went in for the meeting with him. I had no idea. I, I thought this you just pay every time you go and see your doctor. So he's like a family practice doctor. Yes. But like he has like hour long sessions with you and yeah. goes over everything. So it's like super. I, I really want to text him any time of the day. He'll answer. He says any time of the day you can get prescriptions whenever you need it. Uh, you can go in for hour long appointments like you're never rushed in and out. He's unbelievable. Dr. Mintz.com in Bethesda 855-646-8963. So a big thanks to those guys. Um, all right. I wanted to hit a couple of stories and then we're going to get Stephen in here because I'm obsessed with his book. Um, everybody has been emailing me about Omarosa, Omarosa Manigault Newman, as you guys know, who's been on this podcast. We're going to play a clip because um, there's been a lot of controversy. She did secretly record uh, John Kelly in the like in one of their private rooms uh, when she was being let go. And she's been all over Today Show talking about it, the secret recording. She also says in her book, she says that. Trump used the N-word. Then after the book is coming out, which it drops tomorrow, she says, no, she actually heard a tape where he used the N-word, but she's contradicting herself. I don't know. She uh, people want to know my opinion. I think Paul will be the best person, by the way, to to talk about this when he gets back. But my opinion is this. I, I met her when she was on the live show. Right. And I think there's just there's just two different Omarosas. There's this very like kind sweet person on the phone that you're like oh like wow she seems very reasonable Mm -hmm. and then and what she talked about when she was on our live podcast a couple years ago was that she the minute the cameras are on she transforms herself into basically like a reality show biatch and that's been her character and I think that's her character even trying to do these interviews and I think they just come off as smug and they come off as contradictory and they come off as I don't know. I'm sure everybody listening would secretly tape President Trump or anybody in his cabinet. I'm sure they would, you know, because yeah. I guess they are. So, the, President Trump is unpredictable, but right. it does seem sort of shady that she kind of did that, I think. But I guess and I don't know. Kelly on the tapes doesn't seem like he's saying anything. He's just basically telling her why she's fired. Now, she says that he kind of locked her in a room. He refused to let her get legal counsel. He refused to let her see her husband and that four men kind of came in and talked to her and that no woman woman should be in that position. I actually agree with her on that part. Here's a clip, by the way, when she was on the Hey Frage podcast. This was actually in August before President Trump won uh, the presidential election. So take a listen. This is her talking about her friendship with President Trump. We get together so bad. <laughs> so we, we're very grateful you two are here. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is a lot of people wouldn't be as open as you two are to be friends because you guys both have different beliefs. Yeah. You're a gay liberal man. You're a conservative woman. No, I'm a Trumplican. A Trump, what's a Trump? I, oh, let me Trump explain what a Trumplican oh. is. I was totally supporting Hillary Rodham Clinton until the day that Donald Trump announced. I know. All right. right. Stay with me, y'all. Paul's like, come on, wait for it. The bulls are coming, but this is not your bull right now. Hold the bulls. Tons of time. My friend, Donald J. Trump, called and said, Kiddo, I'm going to announce, 
and I need your help. Has any of your friends ever called you for some like crazy stuff? Like, I'm about to rob a bank, roll with me. Ah, uh, gee, no, they haven't. I'm a loyal friend. I am a Trump again. You are amazing. No one would be I loyal. I worked in the White House, by the way. Do you want to know when I worked in the Clinton White House? This is No, good. we don't. During the impeachment <laughs> yeah. scandal. I heard that was a pretty boring Paul's drunk at this point. Paul's eyes. Okay, but which one of us is not giving blowjobs and getting sales blowjobs? I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's a pretty normal thing. If you look around this room, I mean, this is a president. I don't know, it took a left turn. Anyhow, you can kill it here, but I just want to, that's on YouTube, the, the clip, and, and it was funny this morning, she was on the Today Show with Savannah Guthrie, and at about seven minutes, she was like, okay, Savannah, it's been seven minutes, and that's exactly what she did. I always tell people the funniest part of her being on the live show is she kept a timer on her phone, and she said that she'd make a 15-minute appearance, and when the 15 minutes was up, she like grabbed her purse, and she was just like, done. She was like, I'm out of here. Like, done. It was so funny. It was so funny. Oh, my so, God. I don't know. I mean, are you going to read her book? Like, I would love to know if people are interested, if you believe her credibility. Um, yeah, see, I feel like I've lost all, like, she's lost her credibility now, just flip-flopping stories. Going back and forth, supporting Trump, not supporting Trump, and then. I mean, I think the end, the N-word thing is suspect in the sense of, I believe 100% he's I, used. Yeah. I mean, I don't think oh, anyone no doubts about that. that. Right. But it's like, I mean, didn't you know that? She claims she didn't know that on The Apprentice, but. I feel like if you're a racist, it's not like you really hide that stuff. Like there's little right. things that are said that you begin to put together. So I don't know. I mean, she, I heard she got seven figures for the book. Congrats. Like, I'm sure she's going to sell lots of copies. Wow. Yeah. She made over a yeah. million dollars on the book. Good for Nobody her. Nobody ever makes money on books. So good job. <laughs> As we learned from like. Robbie Ashaudry, no one ever makes money on books. So uh, we'll talk more about it when Paul gets back next week from Rome. I'm dying to hear what what's going on with him. And he she may be on his podcast talking about it because she's she's doing so much. So we'll see. Uh, I wanted to also get this story and then we'll get Stephen in here. Do you freak out when your friends pick up the check? This was an interesting article that was written where... More and more people say that they have anxiety, quiet anxiety, as paying a restaurant bill with a friend. Uh, it was an article written by thecut.com, and they talk about that the hard part is, is like sometimes with friends, as you get older, everyone's like, oh, cool, okay, just everyone like put their card in, we'll all split it. But that causes a lot of the pe- friends in the group to have anxiety because like, are you, do you really have the money to be paying for like your one girlfriend who's always like ordering rounds and rounds of Prosecco? And AJ, you said that this bothers you. Like you have this, this anxiety. I almost hate going out to eat now because I have such bad anxiety. And they, they had a certain word for it when it was like, um, Oh, it's reciprocity, reciprocity, reciprocity. Oh my God. Uh, No, I can read reciprocity, reciprocity, anxiety. Yeah. And usually when I go out with older people, if I go out with parents or older aunts or uncles, I automatically assume them to pay because I feel like they have a higher paying job and we're young kids. Yeah. Like I'm 24 and like I just graduated college. Like I don't really expect to pay, but I'll definitely, I always offer to pay. But then I I usually am waiting for them to say, no, 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 I have this. I'm like, good. I don't really have any money to pay anyways. But, but if I'm going out with friends and we're all in the same playing field, then I think we should all contribute to what we're paying for. But I hate when we're all paying the bill and they all go, let's just split. I'm like, well, you had three tequila gimlets. Like, no. <laughs> I had one glass of wine on the happy hour menu that was five dollars, and I know it's five dollars. So, do anyone in your friends group when they when they come around ask for an individual check? Like tonight at your birthday, I think I'm going to be like, okay, I'm just on myself here. Like, what <laughs> okay, do you think? so in this and myself, and I'll get her first two drinks. Like in this scenario, I would never say like 
the thing we've talked about birthday dinners before and expecting people to pay. My dream is to take my friends out and pay for them on my birthday. Like I would love people to pay for everybody, but my friends plan this birthday party and now I'm, you know, I feel bad that everybody is, you know, having to pay and I can't pay. So yeah, we're not expecting you to pay anything. We don't even. Okay. I don't even know if I'm coming, but if I do, I'm going to go check check for boss. Oh, oh, please. I love your friends. They're a blast. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They get the vaporizer out. They've got all these <laughs> treats. I'm like, oh, sure. Give me these. I love edibles. Yeah, I, absolutely. I have to be honest. Like, they actually were the ones that really wanted you to come. I said, don't invite her. She's not going to. She, she she's busy. And they're no, like, I loved no. It. Can I just tell you that when I saw the 7 p.m. start time, I was like, oh. God, I'm already in my PJs like, by that time. Yeah, I, I know. Like, That's uh, what I said. I said, she's busy, yeah, guys. Can, sleeping. Can we do a happy hour like 530? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, but I do have really wealthy friends, and without do they pick expensive restaurants. They, no, but they they always pay. That's the thing. Like oh, their, their parents are like multimillionaires. Are they coming tonight? That and sounds awesome. No, I, mean, I wish they're all my college friends. Oh, that sounds so, great. And so, but they don't make us feel guilty. They're like, it's on my dad's credit card. He's had three weddings. I hate his, I hate my new stepmom. I'm paying for it. He deserves to pay for that. Like she gives a whole spiel about how she uses her dad's money. Sounds great. But I love her for it. The only time I've ever had this anxiety, I had one girlfriend get married in college and she, or, or after college, and she has a very, very expensive taste. So we all had to go to the bachelorette party in Vegas. We had to stay at the Aria Hotel. We had to get her cabana, all this stuff. And it was like, uh, you know, you don't want to be that person that like spoils their special day. But we had to do the shower. That is so the, expensive. Yeah. The, um, whatever, the engagement, like, no, our bachelorette party that we had to do the wedding and the Grand Cayman. It was like, <gasps> that is so expensive. <sighs> <sighs> like how and I know, that's the only time. gifts too the gifts and the dresses mm. and the outfits that's why also for my, my wedding I hope to be able to pay for everything like all my bridesmaids I hope to pay for everything well you'll think that until you go look at the wedding oh, venue and, <laughs> and then you're like oh who can I get to pay for this is there people that could donate I know I totally we're gonna uh, make them yeah. uh, who else can actually chip in for this anyway um, look I want to get Stephen Kyle in here he is the author of The Human Whisperer Mastering the Art of Understanding Connecting with and Influencing Others he has 20 years with the intelligence community this book is so fascinating to me because you've probably heard of a dog whisperer you've heard of a horse whisperer but what is a human whisperer and can anybody influence people and I I, I was so interested in what Stephen had to say because I was just saying this Stephen I was telling you before uh, you came on the show one of my favorite books that I read probably in college was um, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People and I loved that book I was like oh my god this is so fascinating to me about really just standing down your own ego and figuring out what other people want and then sort of playing to that to eventually get what you want. Right, right. That's a, it's a fantastic book, and it was written over 80 years ago. Yes. And the stuff in that book is as timely today as it was when it was written. A fantastic book because we don't take the time. All of our conversations nowadays, it seems, are all about getting – Getting people to uh, listen to us, what we have to say. Yes. It's all about t- nobody's listening. Everybody's talking. In fact, and the classic example of that is is in most conversations, it's really just two people waiting for the other one to shut up so they can get their point across. Nobody's actually listening to what's being said. And that that's a it's an endemic problem. I mean, it, it's uh Yes, it is. But we're going to talk about, I love some of your predictions that you have as far as um, person-to-person interaction as we are currently in this era of Instagram and a lot of technology. But first, tell me this. What is a human whisperer? I love the title of the book. I think it's just, it really grabs you. What is a human whisperer? A human whisperer is a person that, uh, really, there's three things. 
like dog whispers or horse whispers, all animal whispers, whispers <laughs> have three things in common. Okay. Number one, they're able to connect with that animal. Okay. okay. And, they, and they have a deep understanding of the animal. Okay. And, and third, they're able to influence that animal to, uh, to engage in behaviors that the, uh, the whisperer wants the animal to, to engage in. So it's really, it's about understanding, connection, and influence. So let's talk about influence, because in the book you talk about, you know, is influence something that people are born with that ability to do or can it be learned? Most people that are master influencers and master persuaders are people that developed subconsciously the, the tools to influence people. And they sometimes they're not always sure how they did it or why they did it, but but it works for them. And they, they've developed strategies that work over time. But when you understand what those strategies are, anybody can be an influencer and anybody can be a persuader, particularly those. And a lot of people, you know, I've uh, responded to email from people who have said, well, you know, I'm, I'm an introvert. I'm not really an extrovert. I'm not out there. I'm not boisterous. I'm not right. flamboyant. But it doesn't matter. You can be quiet. You can be an introvert. You can be uh, more, more uh, withdrawn than other people. And you can still be an influencer. So tell me this. What, when we hear influencer now in 2018, you, you automatically, at least for me and I think for younger people, think uh, social media influencer, that you post something about buying fashion, uh, fashion clothing item, and then people do it. Um, so are there kind of varying degrees of influence in the sense of like you've got a social media influencer or maybe you've got one politically? Uh, how, where does that kind of work? Yeah, that's a great question. In the book, I actually break it out into sort of three basic uh, frameworks with three basic layers. Uh, at the top layer, as far as influence, are favors. You know, I want I want you to do me a favor. How do I get somebody to do me a favor? Mm. Uh, and then when you get below that, you get into things like how do you change someone's behavior? And that goes into what you were saying, like with social media, where you're getting people to buy certain things and, and to engage in certain behaviors, which is deeper than just doing a favor for someone. And then at the deepest level, you're actually changing someone's mindset where you're able to get them to change their opinion on a, a topic that the, that they may even feel strongly about. So there, there are multiple layers to it. And in a lot of books and online, when you read suggestions about influence, they talk about influence as being just one thing, but it isn't just one thing. Okay. You, you have to know what you're trying to accomplish and then uh, only then can you use the correct tool for the job. So tell me, so give us some examples. How do you learn to influence? If if somebody's listening or watching right now and they're like, hey, I work in sales and marketing or I want to go into politics, how do you begin to learn to influence? Right. Well, again, it goes to a couple of levels. Let's say at the top level, you just want someone to do you a favor. Okay. Or you want someone to maybe change their buying habits. Okay. Anything but changing somebody's beliefs. Okay. okay? That works on a, on a principle we call heuristics. In other words, uh, these are the shortcuts that your brain takes when making a decision to do something. We don't have time to systematically analyze every decision that we make in life, every second of every day. Sure. So we take shortcuts. And as an example of that, just a, a, a couple of common quick examples. Uh, in, in a, you walk into a bar, you see a tip jar, it's full of money. Okay. okay. Studies have shown over and over again, okay, that a tip jar that's been salted, that's what salting the tip jar means, putting money in ahead of time. So when people show up and they say, oh, people are supposed to tip. 
so they'll put money in. So there's more money that's made if the tip jar has money in it because, and that appeals to the idea of social proof. People say, oh, okay, this is how people are supposed to behave. This is what I'll do. So you're affecting behavior just by something as simple as that. And another example that's, that's a bit more annoying is uh, the laugh track. We all hate oh, laugh I tracks. I hate the yeah. laugh track on TV shows, on radio shows over the years. Exactly. Ugh. Laugh tracks are horrible. We hate them. Everybody, viewers hate them. The actors hate them. <sighs> the only people that like them are the networks. And the reason why, they've done a study on this too. Even though <sighs> it's a laugh track, even though you know it's fake, it's not real laughter, People that are watching a show with a laugh track laughed more often and longer than they would if there was no laugh track, even though they know it's fake. So to get those laughs, and then if you are laughing, you're going to subconsciously say, well, I'm laughing, so this must be funny, even though you're really just laughing along with the laugh track. And um, if you... The Big Bang Theory is a great example. I know. I okay? know. It drives you bananas you hear that crap. Now, that show, you know, a lot of people, you know... I'm not a huge fan of that show to begin with, but there's actually a place I saw somewhere. Maybe you can YouTube it, but uh, there's a clips of that show with the laugh track removed. And when you watch that, it's funny. Oh my goodness, it's unwatchable. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. They're just sitting there talking, and nothing is. You don't even crack a smile. There's nothing. <laughs> So they need those laugh tracks for some shows to get people sort of, you know, going in, in, going the, mood. in the mood and getting, getting them in the right direction. Okay, this is when, when I met you and I, I met you at Channel 5, you really did break down some of the differences between men and women. And, and in general, I, I believe, and correct me, I'm probably getting this a little bit out of order, but you talk about that men oftentimes exude that kind of power thing a lot more than women do because we're taught to be nice. And, you know, so tell me what are the differences of men and women, women when it comes to power, persuasion, influence. Right. That was, uh, when we were talking about that, we were talking about charisma, how to develop and increase your charisma, which yes. is, which is uh, drawing people to you. Yeah. And in, in a way, that's better than influence because influence is the act of getting somebody to do something. But charisma is better because if you're naturally charismatic, people want to do what you want them to do. Yes. So it's, it's, it's really uh, even stronger. And in that context, we were talking about the three sort of pillars of charisma. It's power, warmth, and presence. Okay. And you want power and warmth in roughly equal measure. You don't want to have too much power or too much warmth because power without warmth seems sterile and cold and uncaring and unfeeling. Okay. And warmth without power just seems weak and self uh, or subservient. Ah, and it, okay. It, so you want, if you have them both and a lot of both, uh, it really helps to create that sense of charisma. And then presence means being involved in every conversation you have. You're not look, And it doesn't just mean not looking at your phone and, and, and looking at your watch and, and seeing what time it is, but, but really listening to what the other person is saying. Yes. Okay. And, uh, and you can tell when people are not listening to what, you know, and it, it just reminds, Conan O'Brien used to do this in interviews all the time. He used to drive me crazy. He would have guests on and they would tell this great story just begging for a follow-up question. 
and he's not listening. He's reading the next question. Somebody would say, oh, my, I was at this Hollywood party, and you yes. would not believe who was high as a kite at this party. Famous guy. And he'd say, oh, that's, that's fantastic. So tell me about this. <laughs> tell me about this clip that we're about to see or, or something, which had nothing to do with what the story was. And that happens so often. Uh, people just aren't listening. Uh, but, but to get back to your question, talk about not listening. I went off on a tangent <laughs> no, there. No, no. But po- you want power and warmth in equal measure. And in general... Uh, men tend to overproject power and underproject warmth, and okay. women tend to do the opposite. They tend to overproject warmth and underproject power. I know. I hate that. I feel like I'm way too warm, and I want. I need to appear as powerful because I don't think anyone looks at me as like, oh, this this woman's really powerful. They go, oh, she's so nice. Right. No, I need power in 2018. Right. You want to get out of the nice zone. Yes. All right. Here, yes. Here's a way to get out of the nice zone. You know, Amy Cuddy did a. Uh, a, uh, a TED talk where she talked about the Wonder Woman pose. Did you, did you have you seen yes, that TED talk? Yes, yes when right. you kind of stand right. with it, with you your stand, arms. Right, you stand with your arms. Of yes, course, you, you don't want to, you know, over emphasize it too much but but if you stand you know hand on hip is is a really nice way especially if it's casual and standing seated this looks silly but but when you're standing it it uh there are certain behaviors that really make you appear more confident and and powerful and women tend to hide those a great example uh another study found that uh there's a a pose that men tend to do a lot when they really have a great point they want to make. And, okay. it, and it's this. It's called hand steepling. You okay. just bring the fingers together. And when you see speakers do this, it's they're making a point. They're confident. They're explaining the point. It's, it's better. You don't want to point at somebody, but this <laughs> is a great way of making a point okay. without actually, you know, and it, and it kind of does project confidence. Women in boardroom, in boardrooms will do this, but they do it under the table. When they have a point that they're confident about, oh. they do it under the table because they don't want to appear too cocky. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it up into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Do you hear that? That is the sound of the brand new and delicious You Natural Conception for her in their juicy strawberry gummy flavor. Oh my, this is now my favorite thing to take. It's a fertility aid. If you haven't heard about them, they are unbelievable with thousands of five-star reviews on Amazon. Go and read them for yourself. And they're famous for their conception for her and conception for him formula, which Schman, my hubby, has been taking for over a month because it takes two to tango. Conception for her fertility aid is a well-researched baby. They have ingredients like ashkawanda, zinc, magnesium that can help you on that journey to have a healthy baby. So what are you waiting for? Go and order now. You're going to love it, and I want to hear from you. Check out You Natural on Amazon and use code FRASER20 for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle. That's EU Natural on Amazon, or follow the link on our website for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle with the promo code Frasier 20. That's F R A S E R. The number's two zero. Hero breads. Oh my gosh. Chef's kiss. Do you love carbs? I'm obsessed. Give me a croissant. Give me a tortilla, baby, every day, slathered with some hummus. Yes, please. And then a lot of veggies, a little turkey burger in it. Okay. Um, that's my own proprietary sandwich. Thanks. <laughs> 
Hero Breads right now offering 10% off. Go to hero.com. Co. Enter the promo code TSFS. You are getting 10% off. Now, Hero Bread is so delicious and flavorful, soft, fluffy. In fact, so fluffy that KJ loves it, slathered with butter and cinnamon every day. They're known for their products to have zero to one grams of net carbs, zero sugar, and high in fiber. So what are you waiting for? Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code TSFS at checkout. That's TSFS at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Ten years ago, I lost 60 pounds mindful eating, and today I have kept the weight off. I never think about food. I never count calories. Honey, I don't even use one of those darn trackers or apps. I live with food freedom, and I want that for you if you are ready and you want it. And that's where My Optimal Body comes into play. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment, and be sure to let them know that the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment plus a bonus free 30-day supply of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. That is myoptimalbody.com to request an appointment. Why I wanted to partner with Dr. Applin is because he is a doctor that gets to the cellular and gut reason of why you can't lose weight and keep it off. They also work with your mental capacity as well. So many of us are emotional eaters. They address that and their clients see long-term success. If you are ready to lose weight, keep it off, and you don't want to do crazy Ozempic, myoptimalbody.com and tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you. Want your life back? Order Hungry Root. It's actually as simple as that. Truly, Hungry Root is the best meal kit service I have ever worked with because they have meals that take 12 minutes. Guys, if you are a busy mom like I am, KJ now just started swim lessons. And on the night that he has swim lessons, we're not home until six. I'm trying to make dinner, trying to get him rested and down for bedtime. When I see that number 12, and I know in 12 minutes I can have a healthy meal, I'm turned on. All right. You will be too. Hungry Roots website, so easy to use as well. You just go, you can type in a type of cuisine or if you like chicken, or you can do preset where you tell them you're vegetarian, keto, or you're a meat lover. Right now, get 40% off. My listeners are getting 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash TSFS and get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash TSFS. Don't forget to use my link so they know who sent you and get 40% off right now and free veggies for life. Okay, I, I, I want to interrupt you really quickly. Okay. I'm, I'm listening and I love this. but You're not listening. You're I, not listening, Sarah. I mean, God damn it. <laughs> but here's me. Can women ever really appear overly powerful? Like, give me an example of a woman who's not warm, super powerful, I don't know, maybe you'd say Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Yeah, I mean, that's the first name that jumps really? right to mind, Hillary Clinton. Very powerful she, and not warm. She one. projects power and authority, but she does not project warmth hmm. at all. And um, whoever was advising her during the last campaign, I, I would have softened those edges and gotten some warmth going because that's really what uh, really what it needed, uh, really what she needed. She needed to, she projects plenty of power and authority, but she needs to project some more warmth. So in general, though, for women, would you recommend you do the 10 finger right. touch yeah, you do that. in it, front it, of... Right. If you're making a good point, go ahead and do this. And another way to do that is without pointing is just to bring your uh, your fingers almost like an okay, but it's a, kind of a relaxed okay if okay. you're making a good point oh, and, you, and you can this. kind of do that. 
Now, uh, I'm for gonna example, do this shit on everybody now. <laughs> Let me President tell Trump, you. President Trump has been coached in that, by the way, which okay. is which is very funny because. When he he he's been coached on it, and you can tell, but it's not natural because when you make a natural point, it looks natural like that. But when he does it, he snaps it like this. He does he does a, a snap, and the and these fingers are straight up in the air, like it's very rigid. He's, so if he's making a point, and you can tell when he goes off script because he stops doing this and he goes back to doing this, pointing <laughs> right, at you. Right. So this is when he's on script. I'm I'm doing what my people are telling me to do. I'm doing this, and now I've gotten off script. <laughs> Okay, you can see it. You can see it in every every speech he gives. It's hilarious. And we were talking about this. President Trump is another example of powerful man, not warm. Uh, exactly. Yeah, a powerful he, yeah. Person. There are a lot of men that are, are that way, but clearly he's in that camp. So yeah. he, he does project a, a certain level of charisma because he has a lot of people that that uh, follow him. But but he is will never be accused of being overly warm. What else can women do? You know, and I, I thought this was really good. But when you were talking the mm-hmm. first time we met, you'd said women tend to overcompensate with their hands, a lot of hand gestures. What does that mean? And what should women be doing? Well, as far as the gestures go, women would, you generally want to be self-critical. How often do I gesture? How much do I gesture? And you want to reduce that amount. I mean, you you still want to gesture to make a point. You don't want to, you don't want to just totally just go dead and let your arms just, that's, that doesn't look good. good. That doesn't look good. But so you want to use your arms, but you want to avoid just so much, a lot of this loud, you know, Or hair touching. I think you get a lot of women, hair flips, hair touch. Yeah. Those kind of things are, are sort of, um, uh, crutches that a lot of women, they'll just, they'll flip the hair or do whatever, or, oh, something else that, that women do when they tend to be, um, nervous or anxious that you want to try to avoid because it, it makes you look nervous and anxious is, is touching this, 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 it's called the supersternal notch right okay. here. And, and sometimes women will touch a necklace instead, or they'll, t- they'll touch this because they're they're nervous or they're anxious about something. So when I see a woman who's doing this as they're talking to me, they're nervous, they're anxious about something. Okay. It may not be me, it may not be what I'm talking about. They may be thinking about something else, but they're clearly not um, 100% okay. They, they've got some anxiety there. But I so, love so, these. so it's yes. the most and another thing too is smiling. I wanted to talk cuz you you wanted to uh, to get into the some of these things, uh, smiling is another really big one because okay. women smile a lot, which is great, but smiling projects warmth. And if you want to project less warmth and a little more power, especially in, in business settings, you should smile less. Wow. Now, Hillary Clinton goes to, too far, doesn't smile at all. I mean, right. she, <laughs> you don't see, there's so few pictures of her smiling, you know, that aren't staged, you know, where she's got that. Yeah, right, right, right. But you want to smile less. And a good rule of thumb for women in business is to mirror the amount of smiling that men do in the workplace. Okay. Wow. So just try to do the same amount. And now men, though, I, I will say this for men need to smile more in pretty much all situations. Men don't smile enough. And smiling is great because not only is there an external component to it, it makes you appear warmer and friendlier, but there's also an internal component to it. Okay. And the internal component is when you smile, it releases dopamines, endorphins, and serotonin into your bloodstream. And and serotonin actually is what they make pharmaceutical antidepressants out of. Sure. Serotonin. So it's the and these feel good chemicals course through your bloodstream, and you actually feel better when you smile. We all know people that there are certain people that just you always 
associate them with smiling. There are certain people in our lives that are always smiling. Yeah. And the, the, the thing I want to impress on your listeners, for those people, they aren't always smiling because they're happy. They're always happy because they're smiling. Ooh. And that's a big difference. So if you can force yourself into smiling more often, you're going to feel better. You're going to make people around you feel better. And it's just going to have a, a, a whole host of benefits. Who are some public figures, uh, politicians who you feel, men and women, that have a, a good balance of power and charisma? Power and or sorry, power and warmth. Who are some examples that we can look at that that they seem to have it all together? Because, I mean, it is cool when you meet somebody, uh, celebrities, I think of, you know, and I always think, I don't know, are people attracted because they have talent or is it that they have this true charismatic thing? Right. Well, uh, in politics, the names that jump right to my head, the two men are uh, in my lifetime anyway. I can only speak to the presidents I can remember, uh, and that would be Bill Clinton and uh, Ronald Reagan. Mm. Those are the two guys that had power and warmth, and they had a sense of presence. People that uh, spoke to those those guys, people that would just show up for like you know just a, a session to glad hand, you know, for a photo op, or whatever. Almost everybody who ever had a conversation with those two guys always walked away with the same. Thing that they told people. When he was talking to me, I felt like I was the only person in the room. And that's such an important quality to have to generate that charisma. And those two guys had that. Those yeah. they, they could make people feel important. Uh, people don't remember what you tell them. They remember how you make them feel. And if you make somebody feel important and special, they're going to remember that. They're never going to forget it. So th- those would be the two men. Uh, as far as women go, uh, in politics, we talked about uh, Hillary Clinton doesn't really have that balance. Uh, in politics, probably Angela Merkel is a good example. Really? Uh, the Chancellor of Germany. She, I mean, she's tough and powerful, but she has a warm side. When you see her in interviews and, and you listen to her talk, uh, there is a warmth there. And it's not surprising at all to me that, that she is as popular as she and has been. And successful as she really, wow. Right. And you know what? She does look like a woman that is all business, too. You know, I mean, you're right. Has that power thing. Right, exactly. And another woman, I well, she's not political, but another woman that jumps to my head, is most of the women that I think of, it's funny that you say that, are they tend to overproject the power and they don't have enough uh, warmth. warmth. Uh, I'm thinking Oprah, what your analysis of Oprah is, because she seems to me very powerful, but yet has that real warm connection. Oh, she's probably the, the quintessential example of that. Yeah, she's yeah, really mastered. Absolutely, absolutely. And when you see her talking on when, when she was still doing her show and she was talking in interviews, again, she would always, it's, it felt very personal. It felt like she didn't wasn't even aware there were, there were, the audience was there, the cameras was there. You, you always got the sense that if nobody else was there, she would be saying the exact same thing to the person. Yes. And, and, so that, and that's that sense of presence. So she, an incredibly charismatic figure. And I, I think, uh, you know, a Melinda Gates is, is to me is is a similar. Oh wow! Uh, because she's a very t- you listen to her talk. She's a tough, tough lady, uh, but she's also very warm and caring. And, and they talk about you know the Gates Foundation, all the work they've done in Africa sure. and so forth. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of people that uh, that. Uh, have, have been able to walk that balance. Oh, my God. The book is so informational. Um, before we tell people where they can buy it, where they can find it, Stephen, tell me this. You said that your prediction, um, right now we're in this technology age and everything is about technology and making things faster and, and online, but you kind of have a prediction for the future. What is that? Well, you know, over the last 20 or 30 years, the, the people that have 
been most successful in terms financially and and uh, socially and status wise are those that have mastered technology. You know, you talk about computer programmers and the hard sciences and medicine and and all of those things, and they're all very important. But but I think that over the next twenty uh, to thirty years, the people that will be most successful are those that know how to deal with people. I love, this is fascinating to me because I love people and I love the art of, you know, everybody is so different. You know, right. how do you get, it's fascinating to me, like how you get people to follow you, you know, right. and, and people will, and then sometimes I think God, people will follow anybody, you know, <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, how do they, but it, that is such an art and the whole, you know, making people feel like they're special is totally a gift because right now we are so in this society of like, it's all about me. And I even preach it on this show to some extent and your book has made me rethink that but you know we're also in this age of like well this is who I am fuck you if you don't like me like this is me and we've kind of gotten away from like that influence and charisma right we, we, we've gotten away from trying to understand other people's perspective uh, once ah. we've made a decision about something it's locked in and it will never change no matter how we view it and in fact and, and just to illustrate this I, I brought this in this this is kind of funny uh I don't know how well the camera's going to pick this up, but hopefully... Uh, He's upside down. Do you want him upside down? He, I want him upside okay. down. He's, uh, do, do you know who this is, even though it's upside down? Yeah, I know exactly who it is. It, former President Barack Obama. Okay, this is former President Barack Obama. Oh, down, down. Okay, here we go. Former President Barack Obama. Now, uh, aside from the fact he's upside down, is there anything unusual about this picture to you? Um, uh, okay, well, no. No? Okay. No. Would you say, AJ, anything look unusual to you? Uh, well, now that I'm looking at it, I'm looking for something unusual. Okay. And do you see anything unusual? I would say maybe his, um, his, oh, she's saying lift up a little okay. bit. Oh, sorry. Here we go. <laughs> I can't. I think maybe his eyes and his mouth okay. are turned upside down. Well, okay. Yeah, right. Because when oh, you look at it wow. this way, exactly. That's exactly right. The mouth and the... Oh, the you're eyes. so good. I've, I've seen these. You've, yeah. you've seen these before, right? This is so cool. And this this is just a great example of when you see something from one perspective, it might seem right and it might seem okay. Now watch this. You see how odd that looks? Yes. Now watch. It'll it'll start to seem normal again. Oh, it does. And now, oh and now your God. brain changes, right? Your brain <gasps> changes. Now now here's another one. Here's another one. Who's this? Um, that is, oh God, the guy that plays, um, Ant-Man. Ant-Man, um, no, um, yep, oh Lord. No, no, not Paul Rudd. We need one. all, oh, why don't we have a nerd on the show when we need one? It's, uh, it's Robert Downey Jr. Thank I, you. I, okay. let, let me just. <laughs> I'm trying to read her he's, lips. He's, he's Iron Man. Right? Iron Man, Oh, yes. Yes. oh it's Iron, Iron Man. Iron Man. Yes. It's Iron Man. Okay, now again, we've got this photo that looks normal. It looks okay. But as soon as you turn this. Wow. All of a sudden, it doesn't look right anymore. Now. The, the, the whole point of this is that uh, when you see something wow. from one perspective and you're locked into thinking about it, it might a given situation might look normal to you. But when you actually see it from a different perspective and you genuinely look at it from a different perspective, you might see how different it is from reality. So. Uh, and again, and that's something we don't do enough. We don't look at things uh, from other people's perspectives enough. And and if you can do that, wow. you'll rule the world. Wow. Oh, my God. Stephen Kyle, you've been terrific. I mean, you are just so fascinating to talk to. I love the book. It's The Human Whisperer, Mastering the Art of Understanding, Connecting with and Influencing Others. You can get it on Amazon. Where else can you get it? 
Uh, Amazon, that's that's where you get it. Okay. Or, or my living room. If you swing by, I'll sign you a copy. <laughs> you can come to my house. I mean, we're going to have you back on because I think, you know, I, I would love to get people's questions from the public and have you maybe come back and, and give, um, you know, and I'm always a big advocate for women. Obviously, I'm one. But I think that women, you know, whenever I go into lots of situations, the women are usually the smartest ones in the room, but they are so, you know, we, we just don't like own it you know we don't, we're not like aggressive I, i'm putting my 10 fingers together right exactly put those fingers you together know, because they're the they're the really brilliant but they don't own it and you know you see a lot of these men in various industries and it's like how is this guy getting ahead and, and one I more mean? quick th- one more quick tip for women do we have time yes for one more oh quick? my god okay. we got all the time in the world I, I, okay. i'm worried about you no no I, I can stay here all day i can talk all day uh but one more quick tip women often especially again in, in business meetings and in professional settings will often undercut what they're saying by their preface yes and they might say something like well you know I mean, I know what I'm talking about here, but and then they'll 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 say something, okay? Or they'll say, "Well, I could be wrong about this, but you know," and then they'll say something, and and that's okay for a man who wants to soften his image. If he's overprojecting power, that's okay to say. But for women that are trying to increase their their uh, authority and level of power, don't say things. They almost, I've, I'm guilty of it, uh, you know, and I try to, I feel like you're right, because the minute you plant in someone's mind, ooh, this could be wrong, I'm not sure, then they're immediately not sure. I, so I do that now all the time when I'm pitching things. It's like, this is the way, you know, this is the podcast, this is what it should be, this is how you do sales. And I'm really getting good at it with sales, because people will, you know, want to advertise on the podcast. And before I was like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, you know what, this is what works. You know, this is what works, this is what we do. And then people are like, oh, I'm in. You know, it's, it's just so fascinating. But the minute you're like, oh, well, what do you think? And it, it just immediately goes downhill. And I know exactly what you mean, that women do that all the time. Right. And that's just a habit. If you can catch yourself doing it, uh, and it's an easy habit to break once you're aware of it and once you uh, start listening to yourself. Oh, my gosh. Can't wait to have you back. You're so great. We can't wait to come back. Oh, Stephen Kyle, so <laughs> awesome. Pick up the book, The Human Whisperer. We'll have a lot more questions for you. Um, and you can stick in here. We, we end the show by doing pineapple mail. These are This will show you how charismatic I am. Okay, here it is. So this is good or bad. Uh, but people write to the show. It's Sarah at HeyFrage.com. And uh, you can write anything. It's it's feedback. It's comments. It's critiques. And this is from a guy named Aaron who says, I'm a longtime listener and I'm catching up on the podcast. And your rant a couple weeks ago about pit bulls is absolutely disturbing. Who are you to determine who owns pit bulls? To generalize and stereotype pit bulls. Do you even own a dog? Your ill-informed rant is the exact reason that a negative connotation exists with pit bulls. These dogs need homes. They are kind gentle beings. They can be trained to fight, but also trained to love. And yes, I take this to heart because I am the proud owner of a pit bull. Even more so, he was attacked by three, uh, attacked about three months ago at the dog park by two dogs that were far from a pit bull breed. These dogs also bit me in the process of trying to break it up. He wasn't the crazed animal the others were. So maybe that's, let's not generalize. Dogs, like humans, all have individual personalities. Saying all pitbulls are evil is equivalent to saying all women can cook. It's not a true statement and also insulting. So, uh, well, Aaron, my thought was this. I don't think that it, that pitbulls are bad dogs. I think that a lot of owners are not equipped to handle pitbulls. That was my point. Right. <laughs> and we brought it up because my dog got attacked and my mom cannot see it very well. So we were confused what kind of dog it was. So immediately she assumed it was a Rottweiler or a Pitbull. 
and people wrote in and they were very disturbed. They're like, well, you have no idea about a pit bull. And yeah, then, then I. And we've had a woman on this this show who's from Canada who advocates for a pit bull bans in counties, essentially because her argument is that overall the dogs are, you know, they're just a more high probability that they will attack someone because they require a lot more care. You have to really know the breed. And a lot of people are ill-equipped when they get a pit bull and then incidents happen. So that was kind of the discussion. But I think it's great. If you want to own a pit bull, own one. Aaron, it sounds like you know what you're doing. I think it's terrific. Your dog got attacked too. I didn't realize. And I mean, you know, there's a lot of irresponsible dog owners. I realize pit bulls need homes. There's so many in shelters. So, you know, I think it's great that you own one. I'm not going to own one. I'm not a dog. I'm not actually really an animal I don't know what that says to my charisma, but (laughs) I I love pets that live outside because I can't stand animal fur. Like in your house, nothing's worse. You go to a friend's house, you sit down on the sofa. Those aren't pets. Those are barnyard animals. (laughs) Those aren't pets if they're living outside. I love goats, a horse. If it can live outside, that's my kind of pet. But I can't stand going to someone's house. You sit down, then you leave. You're covered in their dog hair. You know, it's like, no, I don't know. So you're talking to someone who's not a real animal lover anyway, so that doesn't help. But I, by all means, I, I think pit bulls are great. I think there's a lot of people who are responsible pit bull owners and a lot of people who aren't. Uh, okay, we'll do one more and then we're out of here. Hi, uh, Sarah. I've been a longtime listener starting over 10 years ago when I was commuting to my first job out of college at a printing company in Laurel, Maryland. I wanted to reach out to, to you to see if you'd be willing to give some advice because I know you have been in a similar situation to the one that I'm currently in. I apologize if this is a little long winded no worries i'm going to edit it okay on wednesday of this week i recorded an interview for my podcast so this person has a podcast with her podcast partner with peter how do i say this andrea madagrill from vanderpump rules my co-host partner seemed very engaged and happy so i figured that we were back on track but uh, regardless to say i've been uh, the one that has been working hard to learn and improve the audio and production quality seek and both uh, book potential guests and create uh, initiatives to help grow the podcast so it could possibly branch off into additional future opportunities all this has been a refreshing challenge for me but my podcast partner does not seem to have the same push to do the same she shows up she sometimes show preps we can relate to all this when I followed up with her yesterday (laughs) about another episode she'd mentioned switching to every other week and then potentially finding someone to replace her we ended up talking last night and to make a long story short she basically is not into or enjoying all the different things that go into podcasting and doesn't really want to do it anymore I'm 100% not mad at her at all and do not want her to do something she does not want to do. Life is too short. I'm a little sad that we won't be talking as much, but that's life. On the flip side, I don't want to stop doing something that makes me happy. I've worked really hard at this. I don't necessarily want to do a solo show because I really enjoy having someone more dynamic and someone to bounce ideas off. Plus, I'm not sure how comfortable I am marketing just me. Additionally, it's been harder to make friends in Richmond, Virginia. I just moved there, so I don't really want something else in my life I'm doing alone. With all that being said, now that I know how much work goes into doing a podcast and it takes time to get to a place where you can financially benefit, I don't necessarily have anyone in my back pocket that I think would even want to replace her or that would be a good fit. So if you were me, what options do you think you would explore or what do you think you would do at this point? Any insight would be greatly appreciated. I would do an audition for a new co-host. Right. I think Definitely. That's a great way to meet people in Richmond. I'd host a meetup.org group about my podcast, and then I would audition people live as my new podcast partner. Ooh, audition them live. Yeah. That's really good. You can get responsible people. Do, Absolutely. Oh, oh. Oh, right. 
Don't stop. But I tell people this all the time in the podcasting world. Don't even look at your podcast numbers for three years. That's what I tell people because it it takes so long. This idea of instant success is just so rare. You know, like you've got to do it consistently. And for the first year, no one wanted to advertise on the podcast or very few people because it's like, okay, well, you're going to stick with this. You know, people want to know, are you invested? Are you putting in the work? So I tell people all the time, launch a podcast, but do it for two reasons. One is just a sheer hobby. Then you're not like under the gun if you don't put up a new podcast episode every week or do it and start building it as a business. But you're not going to make money for a couple of years. You've got to build those numbers. Don't even look at the numbers. But I would 100 percent keep it going. Sounds like you love it. And I would audition for a new um, cast member. And I even, completely agree. And, you know, you've got to find somebody that knows your chemistry, too. So, like, I was say, try is like a, a couple friend. different people. Yeah, right. they had chemistry. They had chemistry. But I always love the example of you. You're like, you were like, hey, I, you just totally reached oh. out. Right, yeah, I down. reached out, and um, yeah, here we are. You're a not year, going to Richmond. A little over a year later. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so if she wants me to audition for her <laughs> show, um, let me know. No, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, anyway, I love that email, Christy. And don't give up your podcast. It's, and we were, like, so impressed. You had a Vanderpump Rules guest. That was That's amazing. That's terrific. Yeah, that you, we, should, um, we should compare contacts, actually, yeah. is what we're saying <laughs> we here. We should have you on our show, for sure. Um, you guys, always, you can write to me, Sarah at HeyFrage.com. Stephen Kyle, thank you so much for being here. The Human Whisperer. Pick up the book. All right, guys, we'll see you on Wednesday. Be sure to share the podcast. Love ya. Bye, everybody. You gotta give your you gotta give your famous goodbye. I said it. Bye everybody! Every show, that's what she does. (laughs) Bye everybody! Oh my god. Oh, and I'm doing it with my hands.